Explore the space! With Dave and Kelly. <laughs> it's hard for me to look at you. It, it, it's hard for me to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I took a nap. Yeah. So. So you're ready for some I'm ready, abuse? I'm ready to learn. You can... <laughs> So what I've... Uh, I'm in the green zone. You're not going to go into the yellow zone during this, you think? No. Well, uh, I might go a little yellow. Well, I think that's half the well, fun. Well, the yellow zone is silly. That's where you need to go anyway, like for all of it. But I don't think I'll go into the red zone. Good. Good. Okay. So what I want to tell you about is, well, first of all, the idea of this show came out of the fact that you were going to teach me how to do things uh-huh. and I was going to teach you what I know, but I don't know how to do things as we, as we've established. <laughs> I know how to do a lot of things. I don't know how to do things, but I have a lot of stuff in my head that I like to think about and learn about. And every time I tell them to you, boring you don't like that i don't like that <laughs> i don't know why I... <laughs> but i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to try you wanted to torture me i wanted to try and make you learn <laughs> just like i am you're making me learn <laughs> how to do the things i figured this would be the equivalent even though i, I don't find yeah except every... my things are useful but I don't see why learning about science is not useful. I'm not going to be a space scientist. <laughs> That's not part of my space life. <laughs> they, they have names, Kelly. <laughs> they have names. Yeah. They're like Ron and <laughs> astronomer Ron. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, most people yeah. eat bread. Yeah. But everyone lives in space, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> but knowing about space isn't necessary to my life. Maybe it is. You don't know it. Maybe it is. So I'm here to be convinced. Maybe I don't know if I'm going to convince you. You're not. <laughs> but I'm going to try to at least tell you about the things that I think are interesting. Get ready for some abuse. And you can be abused if you take it as abuse. <laughs> or no, you... I mean while you teach me. Oh, I'm you're going to abuse, abuse me. You. Yeah. <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm not going to be nice okay. if I think it's boring. I would I'm rather tell you. you. Yes. Tell me it's boring and I will. I'm not going to be like the loving wife who tries right. to listen. Okay. Which usually I try. Yes, you do. You do try. Yeah, that's the, even other, if the, I really don't like that's it. The, that's the main reason we I even thought to do this is because I knew you would not. You would try. <laughs> you would try and then and then you would lose willpower and not try anymore. Yeah, because usually I can get through like three minutes. Yeah. of listening to yeah. stuff about space. All right, well, hopefully I have 45 minutes worth. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't think I have that That's much. That's a long so time. So my idea for this is we're going to talk about black holes okay. for this episode. And then also I have a segment called Dave and Kelly Agree. Yep. Dave and Kelly Agree regarding push-ups. If people are like me and get bored. <laughs> Yeah, you can just keep pushing the one minute plus button until you get to the Dave and Kelly agree portion. 
And then maybe we could like tag it on yeah, there. Can we mark I think it? I can mark it somewhere. Or I can say the minute the the minute and second mark. Yeah, so that's that you can a good idea. To it. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't want to listen to anything about science. Like me. Like Kelly. She can just I know I love science, just not space science. <sighs> but space science is the least useful kind of science I guess to it's me. Useless in your mind. Okay, well, I'm just going to go right, right into FYI, this. FYI, I am a physical therapist. I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Yeah, you know I more, don't hate science. You know more about science than I do. This is ha- That's the other part of this that's funny to me is that I'm more interested in this, but yet I, I probably have a very shallow knowledge. So that's why I tried to get a little deep in my notes here. But if you were actually a sciencey person that did space... Yeah. Then you would you would probably know way more than me. Anyway, let's jump into it. Great. So, a black hole is a region of space-time that is exhibiting such strong gravitational effects that nothing, not even particles and electromagnetic radiation, which is another name for light, can escape it. Okay. Oh, can I just um, interject here? Yeah. For one second. I think that it's really timely that we're having this conversation today after the very first physical picture of a black hole came out. And I knew that separate from you. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, you learned about it. It happened on April 10th. I didn't know that part. It happened on, on Wednesday, yesterday. Oh, okay. And it was, I learned a lot about that, actually. I didn't. I saw the picture and then walked away. <laughs> there's there's a, a woman from uh, MIT. This is her. She looks like my sister. She looks 12. She does look 12. Wow. Her name is Katie Bowman. And she's been working on this as her postdoctoral work or postgraduate work. Since 2017, they set up a earth-sized telescope called the event horizon that is the combination of eight observatories just to look at this one black hole and they stitched she she came up with the algorithms to take this like giant um it's like there's a picture in here well first of all she's grabbing her face and enjoy um but there's a picture over here that's like seven petabytes, which is, uh, let's see, a terabyte is a thousand gigabytes. A petabyte, I think I'm going to have to edit in something what it actually is. But <laughs> How many orders is it beyond terabyte? Um, well, I think it's after quad, after the fourth, it's a fifth. So it's mm. two or two, so six orders of magnitude beyond a terabyte. Wow. It's so much. It's a lot of data. <laughs> so much data. And that's why it took so long, because one of the observatories was in Antarctica, and they had to ship the data when weather was good. Yeah. Up here, so she could combine it all together and then have the supercomputers stitch up stitch everything together so that she they could actually make a picture of it and there's um a 
thing I pasted in here. Um, it's equivalent to, um, let's see, well, first of all, we've never seen a black hole directly up until yesterday. Right. Um, and everything else has been like what scientists had like figured it looked like right yeah and they had based on what math based on math they had just mathed it into existence i don't like math but it's all about it's, it's like einstein's theory of relativity predicts that there would be an object that could have so much yeah, gravity that it turns itself into a black they hole. They also had to then predict what it looked like because yeah. there were pictures of what a black hole was imagined to look like. And it's not that far off from the actual picture. Right, right. Right. So that's what I'm saying is pretty cool Yeah, that they were able to kind of figure that out, like what it would look like. Um. What I was trying to find was it was it's equivalent to taking a photo of a quarter in Los Angeles all the way from Washington, D.C. That's why, like, it's yeah, it's such a tiny. I thing. thought when you when you said how long they had been working on it was only like two or three years. That was pretty amazing. Well, I think there was. They also I'm mentioned. I'm surprised that they pulled that together so fast. I think they mentioned that, that it had been the culmination of a decade of work. Mm. So the last two or three years was just getting all the data together. Okay, that uh, makes sense. Anyway, so that's the exciting part of this. That I was like, let's make an episode on black holes, and I thought of that like, I don't know, two months ago. And then we finally no, get around. No, you thought of black holes before we started recording. <laughs> you were like, before we you started can recording? Yeah, before we started recording anything. Oh, okay. You, you were like, like you, six months ago. I, you can teach me how to make something. Yeah. That'll be easy. Yeah. And then I'll teach you like a space thing, like black holes. Yeah. And I was like, great, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you more about black okay. holes. Uh, so far, I don't hate it, but I'm anticipating <laughs> that I will because half of the information that just came out was volunteered by something I was actually interested in. Yeah. So at least there's that. Because there was a pretty picture. That's why I liked it. <laughs> See, this is why nobody learns anything about space. And it was orange. It was pretty and... Uh... The picture like of the, the black pic- hole was like the stuff around it looked orange, yeah. and I liked it because yeah. orange is my favorite color. Oh, uh, I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> when you're looking for subjects in the future to yeah, teach make me sure about, to look find for orange, orange pictures. <laughs> uh, I will remember that. Okay, so well, black holes are the remnants of stars. Yes, usually very large stars. Um, and I, so I wrote down some stuff here. So in order to understand black holes, you have to understand stars and the elements in stars are hydrogen and helium Mm -hmm. mostly. And then fusion occurs between two hydrogen atoms and it makes a helium atom. So that's how you get the helium. And then for example, the sun 
is 27% helium. Did you I know? I think I knew something similar to that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know the numbers, but I knew that it was a high percentage of helium. Mm. Um, and then <clears throat> eventually the hydrogen runs out and will cause a core collapse. But before that, there's many other things that happen. Um, so the hydrogen is physically maintaining the size of the core. Yeah, it's like because it's so hot and burning so hot, it's preventing the core collapse. And it's like it's moving atoms inside it. Everything's moving so fast that it's like keeping it exploding constantly against the force of gravity that's pulling it in. So it's such a gigantic energy going out that it prevents the, the energy from collapsing it. So eventually you get like three helium atoms together and that makes a carbon atom and then four helium atoms can create an oxygen atom and then further elements can be created like silicon and magnesium and if you look these up on like a like a the, periodic, the table. periodic table you can see like it keeps going down the periodic table heavier and heavier but by i think it's like by orders of magnitude of two so it's like the, the it goes two and then four and then eight and then it just keeps getting bigger um, because they're crunching all the hydrogen atoms together mm. and it keeps going until it, it gets to iron and then iron's like nope this is the end of the road you can't make me with you, helium you you can't make anything heavier it just so it, you can make iron with helium but that's it yeah it says beyond iron the fusion process uses energy rather than creating it so it starts absorbing energy instead of making more energy from the fusion it starts absorbing it when it gets down to iron mm. so iron just basically it's like and then it just goes and then <laughs> it just explodes in this massive supernova and when that happens you don't always get a black hole you sometimes get a white dwarf which is another star kind you sometimes get a neutron star. Uh, you sometimes get a pulsar. And there's a couple other ones. I don't understand. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I have questions. Yes. Uh, is the creation of elements other than hydrogen mm -hmm. normal inside of a star yes okay so stars are powered by fusion and fusion is the fusion of two atoms together and mm -hmm. when you're when the energy is enough that you can fuse more than two you get other elements other than helium mm-hmm but then you just, when you started talking about iron, you were like, and then the star changes. And I'm like, I just don't understand it. I don't think I fully understand that part either. I just know that what they said is it doesn't go beyond iron. You can make the rest of the elements beyond iron. With fusion. With but the you have supernova. to add energy. No, with the supernova. The supernova causes the rest of the elements to cr be created. 
there's no other way that they're created. Um, as far as I understand. Adding in the word supernova is not helpful to me. The explosion. Understanding. The explosion <laughs> of the star creates the rest so of the So when elements. the star dies? Yes. Then those other elements beyond iron can yes. be created. Yes. I understand this. And they're floating around in the space. And so that's why what's-his-face... Uh, Carl Sagan says we're made of star stuff because we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're star stuff. Like we wouldn't exist except for, well, God, but we wouldn't exist except for the explosions of stars. Right. That's what I find cool about this. Like it relates directly to my everyday life. You don't think so? I just don't need it. You don't, like it is. It, I don't find it fascinating in the same way you do. <laughs> like I bet. If we were to sit here and like learn about the growing of a plant. Mm -hmm. I would feel the same kind of wonder why because plants fascinate me in that same way they make me like in awe of life oh i see yeah i guess i have like the same i understand level. why you love it i do <laughs> there's a lot of people who love it i just don't <laughs> well let me tell you about white dwarfs okay <laughs> Um, oh, this is fun. White dwarves are are called white or degenerate dwarfs. Ooh, they should just call them degenerate dwarfs <laughs> all the time. That's way better. Are made up of mainly degenerate matter, typically carbon and oxygen nuclei, in a sea of degenerate electrons. What does that mean? Uh, well, let's find out what degenerate matter means. Oh, it's a highly... Hold on highly dense state of fermi ionic matter in which particles must occupy high states of kinetic energy in order to satisfy the Pauli exclusion principle not helpful the to me the description applies to matter composed of electrons protons neutrons and other fermions the term is mainly used in atmosphere uh, so so it's like not full atoms they're just like separate yeah they're like they're broken pieces of they're atoms, broken atoms but they're squished all together so there's another star type called a neutron star uh that comes after a supernova it says in certain binary stars containing a white dwarf mass is transferred from the companion star onto the white dwarf eventually pushing it over the chandeskar limit Ooh. <laughs> electrons react with protons <laughs> to form neutrons and thus no longer supply the necessary pressure to resist gravity, causing the star to collapse. If the center of the star is composed mostly of carbon and oxygen, then such a gravitational co collapse will ignite runaway fusion of the carbon and oxygen, resulting in a type 1a supernova that entirely blows apart the star before collapsing. That is too fast. 
Um, Can we go back to white degenerate dwarfs? Yes. Let's continue the... Let's see. Typically carbon and oxygen nuclei in a sea of degenerate electrons, white dwarfs arise from the cores of main sequence stars and are therefore very hot when they are formed. As they cool, they will redden and dim until they eventually become dark black dwarfs. White dwarfs were observed in the 19th century by extremely high densities. But the extremely high densities and pressures they contained were not explained until the 1920s. Okay, so a white dwarf, which I'm going to forever call a degenerate dwarf now, (laughs) is made out of broken atoms. Yes. At a high density. And it'll just kind of stick around until the energy wears out and it will darken. That's what it sounds like, yes. Redden and then become black. Yeah. And then what happens? Does it just, when does it die out? I think that happens, right? I think they, yeah, they fizzle out. A lot of stars, they just fizzle out. Without a like a cataclysmic, yes, especially thing. if they're smaller than there's this thing called the tra- tra- the Chan Dreskar limit, which is 1.4 times the mass of our sun. So, if it's 1.4 times bigger than our sun, then it will have a supernova or have something more catastrophic than just <sighs> compressing. Yeah, that's what that yawns for. Sorry. No, no, no. That's that's <laughs> one of the things I was looking forward to. Um, I did try and keep it away from the what, microphone. <laughs> one of the things. <laughs> no, do not hide your your disgusting. <sighs> there was one thing that I loved finding out about, which was how dense neutron stars are. Okay. Yes. So that's all we have on white dwarf. Yeah. Degenerate dwarf degenerate stars. Dwarfs. I have to I, remember that forever. Yeah. Degenerate. De- they're degenerate dwarfs. They're made of degenerate. That should matter. be part of our intro to this episode. Yes, I can. Splice Kelly it. learns about degenerate stars. <laughs> uh, um, How many times can we say well, degenerate? So there's there's neutron stars. I wrote down that they can be observed. Uh, that are very hot and typically have a surface temperature of 600,000 Kelvin. What is that compared to our sun? Ah, uh, that's something I should know. It is. But Tell I'm me gonna, right now. I'm gonna, you don't know it. Uh, mm. I've caught you in a lack of knowledge. Degrees. <laughs> Kelvin is the sun. The sun is 15 million degrees. So it's not as hot. Interesting. Neutron star is 6... 600,000 degrees Kelvin. That's very cool. Yeah, that's cool. Compared to our right. lovely sun. Does our sun have a name? Sol. S-O-L. Oh, boring. Yeah, it's pretty boring. They should give it a more badass name. How about... It's 15 million degrees Kelvin. Uh, it deserves a better name. The disintegrator. <laughs> uh, so... So neutron. So the thing that I like about neutron stars is they're dense, and there's a thing in here that says a normal. 
sized matchbox. So this, like, mm. like an inch by mm -hmm. half yep, an inch, got it. Yep. Mm -hmm. is three billion tons. The same weight as 0.5 cubic kilometers of Earth. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. I know. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> like, you just, you can't even, there's no way. <laughs> That's, all right. That's a good fact. <laughs> I found a fact. You that, found a good one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And there, well, so this one is. I gonna, like that one. This one isn't going to do as, as good justice. I should have ended with that one. But their magnetic fields are between 100 million and one quadrillion times that of Earth. Well, that's pretty cool. And the gravitational field of a neutron star at its surface is about 200 billion times that of Earth. So, if you were to stand on it, you would die you immediately. You would be 200 billion times heavier than you are right now. <laughs> 200 billion <laughs> you would just <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be atoms thick at that point just <laughs> you'd be neutrons thick that's how thick mm. you'd be mm. it's just amazing so i mean so then that, that if you think about that like a neutron star is less dense than a black hole so if you had a black hole it would be even more like something the size of a matchbox black hole material would be i don't know 20 billion tons like so it's a lot more yeah it's even more dense the other thing that i learned about black holes is they're cold they don't let out any radiation and so a typical i think i knew that it says uh i, I questioned how hot they were from the, the googles and it says a solar mass black hole would have the temperature of and there's how many zeros here? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. So it's like point zero 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 six Kelvin. Let's put that in Fahrenheit. It's like it's like just above absolute zero. So it's, it has almost no temperature, almost no movement whatsoever. Kelvin. I want to know. I can't remember who Kelvin. So is. a black hole is. That's what I always found like confusing about it because <clears throat> it shouldn't be called a hole. What do you think? To, right. What should it be called? If it's like a pocket of super dense matter. Ah. Well, that's not a. I mean, it's sucking things into it. But it's not a hole. It's not void. Yeah. It's like the opposite well, of a hole. What What do you mean? Oh, it's so dense. It's so... D it's full. Right. It's super full. It's not empty. Yeah. That's what always bothered me about the name. Yeah, that is. Like, I kind of understand hole. why, because it, like, sucks things into it. Yeah. Like a pit. Yeah. I guess that's what they were comparing it to. But it bothers me that, to me, that doesn't make sense. Well, you know, there is one other name that I really like about it. Ooh, I want to know. I, didn't I tell you? Oh, there was another one. Shoot. What was it called? Hurry up. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. There was two. Now you made me sad. Um, 
be sad? Not, not really. Uh, so there's this one. The Magnetospheric eternally collapsing object. I like that better. Yeah, that's an I feel alternative like, model for black holes proposed in 1998. I mean, it it is more descriptive. Yeah. I don't know if it actually is eternally collapsing. I think that's something that uh, that's Stephen, part of the Stephen Hawking figured out as not to be true mm. because it's continually spewing a jet of matter out of it. Really? Yeah. Like, it's called Hawking radiation. So something does come out of it. Uh, I believe so. Hawking radiation is black body radiation that is predicted to be released by black holes due to quantum effects near the event horizon. So there's a... In black holes, there's a thing called an event horizon where nothing can get beyond. And... This is talking about the possibility that things come out of it. So, yeah, it's, there's like, it says a the radiation there's is, a theoretical case for it, right? But there's not evidence yet. I don't know about that. Physical evidence. It just seems like. Yeah, I think it is a theory still. But I mean, so is eternally collapsing, right? Right. Right. What was the... There was another one that I that we were laughing about. Um, I think it had to do with f how fuzzy it was. By the way, I hope that everyone can hear my heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds funny. Because I am... Only 11 weeks pregnant, and I am breathing like I am eight months pregnant. <laughs> like, I feel so out of breath. It's ridiculous. Hmm. So listen to me breathe and enjoy that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to look for the name of it. I could pause it. I'm going to pause it. Okay. Try to replicate. Okay. It's called the Kugelblitz. Oh, yeah. The Kugelblitz. <laughs> it sounds like a bread <laughs> or like a delicious German dessert filled oh. with like dried fruits and nuts. Now, see, that's something I would like to make. A Kugelblitz. Wait, it might not be. Let me make something called a Kugelblitz. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It says in theoretical physics, a Kugelblitz, or in German, ball lightning, which I guess that's what blitz means. Blitzkrieg is lightning something. Is a concentration of heat, light, or radiation so intense that its energy forms an event horizon and becomes self-trapped. According to general, general relativity, and the equivalence of mass and energy, if enough radiation is aimed into a region, the concentration of energy can warp space-time enough for the region to become a black hole, although this would be a black hole whose origin, mass, energy had been in the form of radiant energy rather than matter. In simpler terms, <laughs> hopefully it's going to be simpler, 
A Kugelblitz is a black hole formed from radiation as opposed to matter. Okay. Yeah, so it's got a so great name. So basically, Kugelblitz, my delicious dessert, which I'm going to design now. Yes, you have to. Um, we could make Kugelblitzes. Yeah. we should. It sounds like a Christmas dessert, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, 20 more of your Kugelblitzes, please. <laughs> to be giving me kugelblitz <laughs> kugelblitzen mm. that's that's the that's the uh, plural that, yes multiple <laughs> i need 12 kugelblitzen kugelblitzen <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. oh man i can see it in my head the best known reference for kugelblitzen <laughs> <laughs> i can see what it looks like uh. as a dessert not as a black hole Yes. No, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a black hole. But I feel you like it would need You can't make a black hole, Kelly. You can't make a black hole, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is saying you can with radiation. <laughs> in, the st- in the stove. If you aim so much radiation, <laughs> you just need to get your hands on enough radiation. Yeah. yeah. And some space. Do you think a convection oven could do it? <laughs> <laughs> Because they're pretty hot pretty fast. <sighs> Maybe like a convection up an oven inside of a microwave oven. Yeah. I should not have woken Kelly up to do this. this yeah. Is, she's, uh, you know, uh, ooh, micro black hole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. I'm battling some severe fatigue right now. All right, one more topic I'm going to say, and that is called the Gravistar. That sounds cool. A Gravistar is an object hypothesized in hi- and not hydrophysics, astrophysics as an alternative to the black hole theory by Pavel O. Mazur and Emil Matola. It has usual black hole metric outside, but outside of the horizon, but the sitter metric inside. I don't know what those mean. On the horizon, <laughs> there is a thin shell of matter. The term gravistar is a portmanteau of the words gravitational vacuum star. Okay. So it's a gravitational vacuum star. Is it bright? Or is it just mm. like another theory about black holes? I can't tell. I think tell. it's another theory of black holes. Um, because there's a, it says, it's the notion of Gravistar's builds on Einstein's theory of general relativity and imposes a universal smallest size that is known to exist according to well-accepted quantum theory. This size is known as the Planck length mm. and is derived using the speed of light, Planck's constant, and the gravitational constant. Um, it says quantum theory says that any scale smaller than the Planck length is unobservable and meaningless to physics and physicists. <laughs> Citation needed. <laughs> this limit can be imposed on the wavelength of a beam of light so as to obtain a limit of blue shift that the light can undergo. See, I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah, I'm like fully lost. You know what? 
I just like the name Gravistar and wanted to talk about let's, it. Let's let's just we say can, that Gravistar is a cool name. I mean, because isn't there a, a video game called? I feel Gravatar? like I could also design a dessert called a Gravistar. Oh, I'm gonna and see. that would be pretty awesome. I think I played Gravatar. It would need to be, like. Mm. Like a like a cake. That one would be a cake. Yes, Gravatar. I played this game. I was good at this game. <laughs> Don't play a video game play video. <laughs> that was a good. Don't do that. I don't want to listen to that. Yeah, you had to like fly around this little ship. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Being such a butthole. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> and you had to you had to shoot the dudes. Yeah, you shot them and then you you had to use Oh, I was good at this game. <laughs> yes. I understood gravity so well. <sighs> All right, I think that's enough. Uh let's talk about one more topic and that is Dave and Kelly agree. Dave and Kelly agree. Push-ups are hard. Yeah, push-ups are really hard. I mean, even after doing them and, like, being good at them, I still can't consistently get above 20 in a in row. In a row? Like, I can do it if I push real hard, but, like, I just don't want to go any farther. When I was doing a good job... I did like a push-up challenge for a while. Yeah, you got into it, and then I, like I got broke my really wrist. into it. And Dave hurt his wrist. We were trying to do it together. Yeah, I did. I was up to like over the course of five sets in yeah. like half an hour. Uh, I would take like one to three minutes in between sets, but I would do like thirty-five in my long set. Yeah. But but to be fair, they were lady push-ups. Yeah, you were they doing were the, not, knee, the knee push-ups. They were not full military-style push-ups. But, but that, then, to me, was really hard. I'm not super fit. That was, like, pretty hard. And none of the sets were under 20 Okay, so you did, in you a row. did some pretty rough stuff. I did. It was... I felt, really, I felt really good about myself when I was doing that. Actually, we could start it again now that my wrist is not bothering me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can try, man. But uh, <laughs> I'm pregnant now. I don't know if I'm you just up for have a push-up a built-in challenge. excuse now. I do. I need to. I should. Let's do it anyway. We should record Maybe. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that can be. Dave and Kelly agree every single episode that push-ups are hard. <laughs> 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 and then just record us grunting. 20, 19. Wait, why am I counting down? <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah, man, fun. I'm probably back to where I started from. Yeah, just start over. We can go back to the, the limit at back the bottom. To the beginning. And then, I mean, I'm I'm feeling like I can do. I could probably do 35 in one go. Yeah, you could. I just would not. I just hate it. It starts to be awful. Yeah. Like your body just says no. And then I learned from my gym teacher that he's like, 
Yeah, don't don't get too freaked out about the fact that your triceps are the only muscle in your body that will just give out on you. I was like, what are you talking about? And then I did, like, I just exerted them to the point where they gave out and I would just fell on my face. Yep. <laughs> yeah. When I would get to the end of my long set, I would just like, oh, Collapsed. no, I can't even, like, push myself up to sit up. I have to, like, roll over. and then like pull myself up using my biceps your biceps are thankfully there still (laughs) in that part of the process yeah yeah push-ups are hard i agree i agree push-ups are hard Uh. (laughs) yeah so i don't think we need to talk about anything else i think that's a good enough yeah it can be like a good nice little one and done yeah let's not do any more i think that's good all right Thanks for listening. To Dave and Kelly. Dave and Kelly. Exploring the space. Explore the space. Space. Black hole space. So much in a space. I didn't like it. (laughs) Bye.